Ahead, back and forth with Pacioretty. Now Stevenson kicks it in. It will count. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. From the draw, Nicholas Haig rifles it home. One-time shot from Haig. Vegas ties it 3-3. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, Wallace Millard and Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Oh, the ratings will be interesting coming up in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show after last night's victory over the Minnesota wild a sensational first period a historic first period and then holding on and does anybody have any fingernails left uh, we'll chat about that game uh, amongst ourselves with you on twitter uh hit us up ryan the hockey guy uh chapman 702 uh no what are you magnum 702 <laughs> i got the number right uh, magnum 702 and or at darren millard uh, let us know what you thought about last night's uh win for the vegas golden knights 2-0 in the homestand and then we'll slide over and welcome in Nick Waugh, the first-line center of the Vegas Golden Knights, who's done such a marvelous job uh, fitting in with the Misfits. And actually, if, if anything, they raised the level of the play since Nick Waugh's joined that line. Nothing uh, against uh, William Carlson. Don't get me wrong there. But uh, boy, oh boy, has, uh, has Nick Waugh done a marvelous uh, job stepping in for the injured William Carlson. So that's coming up. We've also got our uh, one-timer segment, uh, news notes from around the National Hockey League. It is Hall of Fame weekend, the induction ceremony taking place on Monday, and uh, we can uh, look forward to that uh, a little bit, uh, tee up what's going to happen in and around the inductions. No uh, ceremony a year ago. And uh, also a couple of other uh, accomplishments to tell you about, and one special story that I want to share with you uh, that occurred last night in the NHL. But uh, last night, a uh, big win for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, as they get by the Minnesota Wild. And like we knew Minnesota was going to be good. They entered mm-hmm. with the four-game winning streak. But that first period and what the Golden Knights were able to do with the two first National Hockey League goals by Jonas Romberg and Paul Cotter took that night to a whole different level. Well, the Golden Knights were were very, very good in the first period, and you get the the first goal from Paul Cotter, and it's just a really, really strong play going to the net, direct play, and you, you throw the puck on the net, you see what happens. Good things happen for the Golden Knights there, uh, and then you follow that up with Jonas Ronberg just coming off the wall, beating Alex Goligoski to the front of the net and scoring. Um, it was electric. It really was. And the Golden Knights defended incredibly well in that first period against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, it, it's the exact type of period you wanted to see the Golden Knights come into the game with. And they were able to get that lead and add to it in the second period. And, you know, Ben did not break in the third. Hold on. You just made Paul Cotter's goal sound like he threw it on net from a sharp angle with no other I options. Didn't make that. When you no, say, I didn't make it sound like put that. it. Just I put said, the pucks on net, and good things happen. That was nothing like a 
put the puck on the net, good things happen. That was an amazing move. Uh, strong in your skates, strong with your hands, and then unbelievable finish. That was beautiful for a first goal, uh, for a second goal, for a hundredth goal. That is a highlight-type uh, goal. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't say it wasn't. I, I, I'm a little confused. I suppose. Well, you made it sound uh, like no, just Paul... throw throw the puck on the net and uh, it'll rattle around. It'll go in. That was that was nothing like that. Hello. Yep, Are no, you there? Yep. Wow. And 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 then Rombierk follows it up and does almost the exact same move. It it was almost like well, I know they play in the same line, but. Uh, Ryan, it was it was almost like they were the same player. Yeah, in, in a sense, um, both guys uh, taking the puck hard to the net, and that's what you want to see from young players that are trying to make an impact while they have an opportunity to make an impact. And so, what was was the story overall? The kids, or was the story at the end of the day for the coaching staff, the penalty killing, and not just killing off six disadvantages, uh, but killing off three different occasions in which the Minnesota Wild had a two-player advantage. Yeah, I, I mean, the the story of the game last night for me, for, for Vegas, is that you, you leaned heavily on depth and you leaned heavily on special teams. And, you know, oftentimes we talk about special teams and our only focus is the power play, right? Like the only focus that we have is did the, power, did the Golden Knights score a power play goal? Did the power play come through? Do you look at those moments? For me last night, the penalty kill was exceptional, especially when you factor in those five-on-three advantages for the Minnesota Wild. And, and you had two defensemen in the box, one defenseman who left the game in the first period with an injury in Alec Martinez. Like, you were down to Dylan Coughlin, Braden McNabb, and Shea Theodore. Like, that's what you had available to you to kill off an extended five-on-three. And those guys did incredibly well. The Golden Knights were able to find a, a way to survive that, and Loren Brassois was phenomenal. Uh, you know, and then right after that, you get a, a beautiful play from Riley Smith to set up Jonathan Marcheseau. So not only do you, do you kill off those penalties, but then you end the second period with a dagger of a goal from Marcheseau. Um, you know, it, it was early on the kids, and in in the middle frame, it was all about the penalty kill for the Golden Knights. That was. Uh... A, a moment in which I don't know whether I've seen before where you go five on three, you get through it, and then just seconds later, you're back into a five on three situation, and it's for an extended period of time. Uh, you mentioned the the lack of defensemen to be able to lean on because of the the two guys in the box and Alec Martinez. Uh, by the way, no update on Alec Martinez. Uh, Pete DeBoer said today that he didn't see him. Uh, he wasn't in, into the rink. Uh, the only thing he, he did add was uh, he's sure he's pretty sore. Uh, mentioned last night uh, he heard the number in the range of uh, 50 stitches after that skate uh, went across the side of his cheek. Uh, so that's the, the, the latest there. We'll expect uh, more of a, uh, a medical update tomorrow uh, for Alec Martinez. But so they, it's a five-on-three for a minute 39. Uh, the Minnesota Wild trying to hit the board. Two defensemen in the box, one out of the game, leaves you with three, and Dylan Coughlin gets the tap to go out there and kill a five-on-three. It's his first full year in the National Hockey League. But he experienced something last night that he'd never done before, and that is 
be on the ice defending a five-on-three. Uh, he told us that today in the media availability. Chapman was uh, was over there at City National Arena, and we, I stopped and, w- and looked at Ashley Vice, who was sitting beside me, and went, "Did did I hear that right?" And and he repeated it. He'd never killed, been part of a killing uh, a five on three ever, ever. And and here he is doing it in the National Hockey League. Uh, he was the the third defenseman to come out, and uh, uh, he said Ryan McGill. Uh, talked to him, who handles all the defensemen, uh, and just grabbed him uh, on the bench before he, he went out for a shift and just said, uh, keep it simple and, and go out there. And, and it, it, I mean, I can't imagine what the nerves were going. He said it was, it was fine, and, and they got through it. But, I mean, you've, you've never, not only have you never practiced it, uh, I don't know how many times he would have practiced it, but you've, but you've never, like, faced uh, a live situation with it, and I, every now and then you you experience something in this game where where it raises your your eyebrows. That mm-hmm. last night was one of those occasions where Dylan Coglin just experienced a, a first. I, I was blown away by that information today. Yeah, I mean that's that's fascinating. It, it really is, but it, you know, trial by fire, right? Like for the Golden Knights right now, this is this is a team where you're getting a lot of valuable experience for a lot of different guys. Uh, you know, experience for Nick Waugh playing up the lineup, experience for Paul Cotter getting into an NHL game and impacting it at a at a very very real level, and you know, experience for Dylan Coglin to put himself into different situations where you know you, you look at it you've got to go out there and kill a five on three and it's it's a <laughs> critical juncture in the game so every player that's kind of with this team right now and going through this stretch without uh without the big players in the lineup are are learning valuable lessons and getting great experience that will only serve them in the future chris chapman it's it's really a, a an interesting dichotomy because you have this balance between these young, inexperienced guys are basically playing with no fear, but they're they're exuding confidence. Like Jake LeCision, to me, is a guy who's just, you, you can see the confidence that he's playing with. And then, of course, you have old, reliable players like Marcia So and Riley, and, and we didn't mention Braden McNabb. Just, it's like that guy, I mean, it's no secret that, that I love Braden McNabb, watching him play, because he does all the little dirty things that, and I don't mean dirty like he's a dirty player, but dirty is in getting the, the trenches, the jobs that nobody yeah. wants to do. And it's mud fun. wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know about that, but you know, he he he's like the like that. What was that show with Mike Rowe? Dirty jobs. Like Braden McNabb would have been perfect on Dirty Jobs because he's the guy who gets in there and he does. He's like the the guy in inside the engine of the airplane fixing it while everyone else is on the outside. He's the one getting dirty, but. I, I mean, it, it's just kind of fun to watch because there's this balance of the veterans and the leadership group, and you can see the effect that it's had on the young players. And, and I think Loren Brassois was really good last night too. I mean, especially on that point blank shot. Was it was it uh, F- F- Fiala who had yeah. that that shot on the five on three? And I mean, he he played well. And I thought it was kind of interesting that Pete mentioned last night that he kind of owed. Brossois a start yeah, because that, he, he felt bad about putting him in that position. I want to get back in into that, but you know, Brossois has played, uh, experienced everything before. The idea that Dylan Coglin went out there and had never killed off a five on three at any level is is just 
uh, unique in in such a, a fashion. And uh, let's let's see where it goes from here. He's he's not like the number one uh, the guy that would penalty kill and 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 it's such a different. And why why is a five on three different than than a five on four? Why why am I making such a big deal about this? Well, it because uh, Pete DeBoer uh, stated today when when Vegas is killing a five on four penalty. They are uber aggressive. They are forcing uh, the the opposition uh, to to make plays or cough up the puck. And the, you you saw the result of that with all the odd man rushes shorthanded uh, last night. That that they were very successful with that. And they they strategize about uh, taking away the top of the the blue line and being able to uh, uh, the opposition to be able to to open up the rink. Well, in a five on three, it's the exact opposite. Your strategy. It's not aggressive at all. In fact, uh, Nick Waugh will, will, will ask him about it when he joins us in just a little bit. When there's a 50-50 puck that's available, you don't go for it when you're defending. Because if you come out on the short end of that, you're so far out of the play and, and you've wasted uh, or used up energy that it, it is critical and uh, and ends up costing you. So you have to be uh, as aggressive as Vegas is on a five-on-four they're almost just as conservative or more conservative on, on a five-on-three. And, and that's a difficult balance to go because, quite frankly, you just don't experience uh, being down two men very often. And uh, that, uh, that was a turning point in the game to me. The, the Cotter-Rombjörk stories, fantastic. But getting through that extended period and then a six-on-four at the end of the game, uh, I, I thought uh, was a really galvanizing, uh, galvanizing moment for, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. The the five on three kill in in the second period was such a huge moment within the game, especially uh, you know when you when you have Alex Petrangelo going out of uh, 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 you know going out into the box and, and not having him available because he's he's been such a strong penalty killer for the Golden Knights. Um, and then you know like the end of the five on three, Nick Hague coming out of the box and almost getting to a puck and almost scoring a shorthanded goal like that that three to four minutes of of real time action was just phenomenal hockey and really fun to watch. I lost track of how many odd man rushes Vegas had last night. It was a, it was a lot. Yeah, two on ones. M- Mini breakaways, uh, breakaways, full fledged breakaways. Uh, it was uh, it was really busy. And uh, Cam Talbot, I know he got uh, lit up in the first period, but uh, he faced uh, a lot. Uh, five on threes was the story uh, of the game on a defensive side of it, and scoring uh, for the rookies uh, was uh, certainly one of the high moments uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights last night. And uh, in the middle of it all is Nick Waugh, uh, the uh, centerman for the Vegas Golden Knights, joined us right now uh, with Riley Smith and Jonathan Marchessault on that line. Uh, Nick. Uh, Thanks for joining us. We were just chatting about the, the five on three. You were out there. Uh, and and Pete mentioned today how it's such a difference between your strategy when you're killing a regular penalty to five on three. Uh, can you take us through that that process and, and how different it is? Hi. Uh, yeah, of course. It's uh, it's really different, the five on three. Uh, um, I guess you don't have a, you have the extra guy. So I think you got to stay, uh, stay tighter and, and try to cut those lanes because uh, um, they have a lot of options for uh, for them, and I think we we did a great job for to do that yesterday. Uh, Nabi had some uh, uh, some great block shots there, and uh, and LB did a great job uh, in, in between the pipes. So uh, it was huge for us to uh, to get the kill. 
I'm just curious uh, from uh, inside the dressing room side of things. We learned today that Dylan Coughlin had never been on the ice killing a five on three before, ever. <laughs> and, and yeah, he, that was that was a really weird situation. I guess uh, Martinez uh, got hurt in the in the first, I believe, and then uh, the two guys in the penalty box were uh, uh, Hager and Petrol. So he uh, was the, the next man in, and I think he, he did a really great job. So that was uh, that was fun to watch. When when do you guys find out about something like that news like that? Uh, I guess as soon as he saw that. Uh, there was so many, uh, so many defensemen out. I, I, I guess he knew he was, uh, he was probably going in. He was the next one uh, after after uh, Teal and, uh, and and McNabb. And like I said, he he jumped right in, and uh, I think he did uh, he did an awesome jump. Uh, Nick Wah joining us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas with Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, and Chris Chapman. You know, Nick, I think that that's interesting because within the game, that just gives you an idea of the mentality that this team has had to have all year long. That's next man up. With all the injuries that uh, the Golden Knights have have had this year, are are you seeing kind of a different level or maybe uh, a different identity with this club in terms of resiliency? Yeah, I think we're uh, we're doing a really good job. Uh, I guess every every game, I feel uh, I feel like we're playing better. Um, it's it's all starting in the D zone. To be honest, we we, we don't have the fire uh, fire uh, power that we we used to to have with all these uh, these guys. But uh, we, we defend well and we wait for uh, for the opportunities. And I think um, we've been able to do that, and uh, it's been working so far. Well, what about the chemistry between you, Marshy, and and Riley? It, it just from the outset, it looks like it's clicked. Uh, does it feel the same way? Yeah, I think uh, we're playing really well right now. These two guys are are obviously really good players. They've been for a long time in this league. Uh, they talk to, to me. They they help me a lot. I think we we just try to go out there, work hard. We create as much chances as we can and uh, and bring some uh, some offensive to the team. I think we're supporting each other pretty well, and we have uh, like I said, we communicate pretty well. So uh doing uh doing well did you look at this season as, as a opportunity as one of those uh turning point seasons uh coming off the series and i know pete's been very public about uh, the exit interview saying what you did against montreal you got to carry that forward and, and it has uh how much uh did you were you conscious of, of that and focused on that as you started this season well i think coming into the league as a new uh a new guy uh, the past uh, two seasons. I, I was trying more to, you know, to do my job, to be uh, reliable, uh, have the coaches uh, uh, trust. I can be good defensively and uh, and be trusted. But as but I know I had uh, more offensive in the in me. I've always proven uh, proven that in the past, and I, I knew I, I could do more, bring more to the table. And uh, um, also with all the the opportunities right now, it's. Uh, um, I'm just trying to make uh, the most out of it. It's where well, the players hang out. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's why you listen to this program. Uh, Nick Waugh joining us uh, with uh, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. You know, Nick, is this as, as comfortable as you've been or as confident as you've been as an NHL player in your career? Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's uh, coming into my uh, my third season. Uh, I really good uh, playoffs uh, last year and uh, uh, I think I built in my my confidence and uh, uh, especially offensively. I think I'm bringing more uh, more plays and uh, 
and more to the table. And uh, yeah, I, I feel really confident on that. Uh, what uh, what area do you think you've improved the most to translate uh, from when you broke into the league to now? Uh, I think my skating ability. Uh, I'm a, really? I'm a tall guy. Yeah, tall, uh, skinny guy. I, I guess I, I've worked hard to be uh, to be stronger, more powerful, and I feel, uh, I feel my skating has been helping me a lot. I feel more uh, more confident, and that track in a second is uh, is helping a lot for sure. So where do you see yourself uh, numbers-wise, or is that even a fair question to ask you uh, when you project uh, your career going forward? Um, I've always seen myself uh, being a third-line center, which is like uh, um, can be can be reliable defensively. I uh, can play on the PK and and uh, play against the the best line on the other side, and also can bring uh, offensive because nowadays like. The four lines are bringing a lot of the. We need goals from the four lines, but uh, I, I can also be an option in the in the top six if uh, if like like right now injuries happen and stuff like that. Buddy, you got the four check down, Pat, separating guys from the pucks last night, and uh, remember the Dallas game in, in the overtime. Uh, that's the, that's been a staple of success for you. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's really important. Uh, you gotta put pressure on the on those D's if you want to get the puck back, and I think our line's been uh, been really good at it. We support each other, and uh, we put we, we put pressure on the on their D's and and retrieve the retrieve the puck. So, and I, I think our whole lineup has been able to do that in, uh, the last couple of games. So, yeah. Hey, what's Dodonov like behind the scenes? He's a really quiet guy. He's uh He's a uh, low profile, but uh, when you talk to him and uh, you get to know him a little bit, he's uh, he's really funny, actually. Uh, chatting with uh, Nick Waugh here on the VGK Insider Show with Fox Sports uh, Las Vegas, Ryan Wallace and Darren Millard. You know, Nick, I, one of the things I'm, I'm really interested in with, with this team is after the first period in the Montreal game, everything kind of seemed to change, right? Like defensively, I think that the, the club's been incredibly good uh, over the last three or four games. Like w- when you look in or kind of distill down to to why the Golden Knights, why this team has been able to kind of clamp things down a little bit more defensively, like what was the change? Well, I think if you look back at this uh, first period against Montreal, it was, it was pretty simple. We lost the... Uh, we lost every single battles we could we could uh, we like we had. So um, I think if, if you want to have success, first you got to win those those battles. Uh, that's really important, and I think the back check is uh, is also important from the the forward. We got our upper D's, and I think uh, um, like I said, the first period was a, was really not good enough. So um, I think we've been better uh, lately. Uh, you you and Marshy talking French out there and uh, leaving Riley out of it. Uh, we, we try to speak uh, English as much as we can, but sometimes, uh, sometimes we, yeah, we speak French, uh, and and Smitty doesn't really like it, but we, we try to speak English as much as, as, much as we can. Uh, before we let you go, uh, Hall of Fame weekend uh, in the uh, in the National Hockey League, in the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. Uh, some Kevin Lowe's going in; uh, he's before your time. Uh, Kenny Holland, uh, uh, but Marion Hossa and Jerome Ginla. Uh, where were they on the radar with you uh, when you were when you were coming up and growing up? Well, two uh, two really good players. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, Joe Megan was doing it all. He was a he was a really good uh, player. He was a, a leader for his team, and uh, 
you know, so he was he was tough as well. So he was uh, he was doing it all, and Marion also was uh, unbelievable for uh, for Chicago for for a lot of years. So it's uh, it's nice to see these guys uh, getting rewarded for uh, an awesome career. And it's uh, great to see you getting some payoff uh, from the work that you've done. Uh, really happy for you. Uh, it fit in like a glove, and you've needed to, to fit in like a glove uh, with those two in the production that we've uh, witnessed. Uh, keep it going. Uh, enjoy tomorrow night as you hit the halfway point of this homestand. And thanks for joining us on this off day for you. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. There's Nick Waugh. How good is that? On Friday, you're driving around, and you get to listen to a Vegas School Tonight uh, player chatting about uh, back-to-back wins to start this homestand. And Ryan, they've won seven of nine now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely have. And, uh, you know, you look at last night's game against a really tough opponent in the Minnesota Wild. Um, this team is is continuing to, um, in, in my eyes, uh, force us to start uh, reevaluating where we think they should be with these injuries because they keep finding ways. They keep coming up with with a better game, a better 60-minute every single time they go out there. Um, the Golden Knights are are impressive. Pete DeBoer, his coaching this year has been impressive, and they continue to do it uh, despite incurring more and more injuries. Yeah, you say reevaluate where they are with the injuries, but can you do that because they keep encountering more injuries? And I, I don't know whether there's a finish line to this thing i i it, it feels like there isn't you know like i it it's all it, it's comical if if it wasn't you know just just something you didn't want to have to talk about anymore because you just want guys to go out and be able to finish a game without getting hurt but you know for the golden knights for for pete DeBoer and his coaching staff like this has been a season where um, you really get a full sense of, of how in tune they are with the players and how good they are at maximizing what's available to them. I, I you know, I, I look at the Golden Knights, I look at the fact that over the last, you know, seven, ten games, they have been as good as they have been. Um, Pete DeBoer deserves a ton of credit for that because he, he's found a way to maximize this lineup and maximize it in a way that is consistently getting points for this club. Will Carrier unable to go last night. Alec Martinez suffers the skate to the face in the first period in the cheek area. Uh, went off the ice on Pete DeBoer's post-game press conference. Uh, he said that uh, he didn't have uh, a full update but had heard the number uh, 50 stitches uh, range like 50 stitches. M- most of us have had some form of stitches and I, I don't know where they, 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 the okay. It's just a, a little cut, uh, starts to, there's like the badge of honor where you, you start to take notice, but 50 stitches is beyond anything that I've ever, uh, come to, to get my head around. Yeah. I, I, I heard the number. I, I mean, you know, Pete last night and um, I, I don't think you can really kind of wrap your head around it unless you've you've been in that position. I have never had um, a cut that has required maybe more than 10 or, or 12 stitches so I, I it, it's it's a ballpark for me that I, I can't even understand. Where do you get your stitches? Uh, a couple in the head. Um, I, I've, I've got, uh, I've you got a pretty docked. gnarly scar. Well, you know, it was a dresser, and it came pretty quickly after being pushed. So, what are you? What are you gonna do? What? 
Hey, it's it's a long story, not one that I'm going to get into on the air. But hey, um, maybe one day, maybe one day I'll I'll let you in enough and and tell you about it, Darren. You got hit by a dresser? No, I didn't get hit by a dresser. I was pushed into a dresser. <laughs> you're you're laughing at like a a six year old kid right here. Like that, well, that's I'm what just happened. I'm just like thinking like I'm. Like there's sports, there's like uh, mm-hmm. or construction or sure. di- different yeah. different methods. Uh, like getting running into a dresser just wasn't. No, no, well, no. Well, he no, didn't no, no. run you're, into you're mis- the dresser. You're misinterpreting what I'm okay, saying. Okay, co- colliding with a dresser. Run into. He didn't collide run with it into either. a dresser. I was I was physically pushed by another human into a dresser. <laughs> well, okay, a dresser of any kind. Wasn't what I was expecting uh, for the for the, for the stitches. <laughs> Honest to a fault, buddy. What are you? Well, gonna that's do? Uh, that's great. I can't wait to to hear that uh, that story. Top, a top drawer story right there, Ryan Wallace. Uh, we're gonna take a break. Uh, when we continue, uh, uh, an update on Jack Eichel and his surgery uh, as uh, he uh, undergoes the process uh, procedure in Denver today. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Who is this? David Bowie. I didn't appreciate him until later in life. I like to play this song. This sounds like a good song to, to play. Starman. Uh, Gosher would like this. What do you do at karaoke? Is, no, Gosher doesn't do karaoke. Gosher's in a band. I've, no, I've heard he does Double karaoke minor. in Nashville. I, I, hear, I hear when the team... No, he go- goes up. He plays in the honky-tonks in he- Nashville. Not karaoke. He goes up and sings. Ghost doesn't need any karaoke. He doesn't need the words on the screen. He's up there with the real band. Chapman, you have offended Darren Millard greatly. I I just know he is a big, big journey guy. His band is is awesome. Double minor. They play gigs all over Vegas. Really? Yeah. Mike Mangiello uh, from uh, the Golden Knights, also part of it. We'll we'll go one night, okay? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, We'll check it out. Uh, we're Gosh and I and Nighty. I don't know who else is going, but uh, I know the three of us are going uh, to uh, Sammy Hagar tonight. Where's he playing? Uh, the Strat. Wow, I believe that's cool. Yeah, gonna uh, get the Red check Rocker. Gonna check it out and just uh, have some fun. Three old guys. Well, how fast are you going to drive to get there? Uh, is that a Sammy Hagar reference? Oh, there's a joke in there. There is a, yeah. 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 yeah I, fig- I figure that. Uh, You're going I, to see the guy and you don't even know one of his most popular wow. songs. That's, uh, that's ridiculous. I don't, you don't even, you don't deserve the ticket. <laughs> I'm going because it's Vegas, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm just yep. going to go and be Vegas. I bet you Gosher would have gotten just, that joke. Oh, Gosher. Chapman. Gosher knows every song. So next time you have Gosher on, uh, just throw mm-hmm. this out there. Like any song. And so, come up with a song right now. Just throw uh, one out there. I know, uh, I know. It's, it's uh, born in the USA. Okay, well, that's that's easy. But easy. he'll yeah, he'll yeah. go. Uh, Bruce Springsteen, nineteen eighty four. Uh, oh, he's he's one of those guys. Fifty five. He, he will. How about that okay. song. Boom. He'll he'll say uh, Sammy Hagar, nineteen ninety one. I don't know whether it's nineteen ninety one. No, but no. but he knows he knows all Barely of that. Know it's Sammy Hagar. He he knows all of that. True. Uh, very true. Uh, exceptionally true. 
accurate, actually. Uh, but he, it's it, the the mind. His mind works in crazy ways. Yet, I went over to his house this week mm-hmm. and replaced the handle on his downstairs toilet <laughs> because it broke off, and and he was going to call a plumber to do it. And we, I wouldn't let him call the plumber. <laughs> I said, "I'll go. I'll go over to the hardware store. I'll get you yeah. a new handle. I'll come over and I'll install it." I don't know <laughs> why this is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. And so, so it was. It was great. Do you have Gosher's? Uh, oh no, no, don't call him right now. Uh, uh, but he's, he's probably getting ready for Sammy. He probably is getting ready for Sammy. Uh, I got to figure out who's driving. It'll be me anyway. Just uh, don't drive fifty-five. <laughs> uh, so so I get over there. I've got the part. I'm like, uh, I need, uh, he goes, what do you need? Do you want a glass of water? I'm like, no, I, I need some pliers. And he's like, Christine, where are they? Where are they? So I, Christine and I, his wife, uh, find the pliers. And uh, and I sit there in the bathroom. And, and I, I, I like doing this kind of stuff. And that's one of the easiest things he could ever do is changing a handle. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. and he, he sat out in the kitchen, and, and it was like I was a, an actual plumber, repair appliance person, <laughs> because he and Christine sat in, in the kitchen just being themselves, and I could hear them just being themselves. And, <laughs> and I was the repair guy in the main floor bathroom fixing. And every now and then he'd come in and go, how's it going? Good. All right. <laughs> and off I go. Well, how how – how long did it take you to replace that part? It shouldn't be a, a long job that, Let's that just, he'd have to come in and ask you a couple of times how you're how you're doing. Well, he said he enjoyed doing it. He didn't yeah. say he was good at doing it. Yeah, I didn't. It. I didn't oh, I, good I, point. The, the, the other part well, was the pliers were terrible. Were they Binford? I don't know what they were. They were tiny. They were tiny, so they kept slipping off. There's another joke in there that yeah, you just I, missed. I have, I have no idea <laughs> no what that clue. means. No. no clue. What does that mean? That was Tim the Toolman Taylor. Oh, see, I never watched that show. The only the what? only thing I know really? about that show is uh, <laughs> is the neighbor guy, Wilson. Yeah, Wilson. Well, that that's it. Yeah. That's oh, the only man. thing I remember about the, about that show. Uh, this and, is, and, this and, has been a great segment for uh, for Darren's lack of of understanding when it comes to pop culture references. See, you know, I well would done. expect Tyler Bischoff to not have known what what Tim, yeah. Tim the Toolman was or who Tim the Toolman was. I know who Tim the Toolman is, but I didn't, didn't know who Bischoff. Yeah, when, when right you get here. into Bischoff yeah. territory of pop culture, that's generally not a good I direction. I just didn't know Bromoff or whatever the thing is. Binford? Binford. Uh, Binford. <laughs> the Tool Company. That's, yes, that's yeah. all. Yeah. I know I know I know I know who Tim the Toolman is. Do you man know what is. city he lived in? Uh Syracuse. No, that's Dan Duva. Uh okay. Um was Oh Brandon, Florida. No, it's 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 actually a city for a team that we have oh, tickets man. for to give away later um, in the show. So it's not Kansas City because they're not in the National no. Hockey League. Uh, let's go with uh, Detroit. Yes, yes. All right. Well, so uh, there you go. Anyway, uh, the 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 repair happened. Um, mm-hmm. He paid me, paid me for the part, and I went on my way. Uh, got a glass of water out of it. We uh, we caught up about uh, some uh, happenings around uh, our respective lives, and uh, and off I went. But yeah, uh, he knows everything about music. He's an accomplished musician and singer, mm-hmm. but cannot change a toilet handle. Can he change light bulbs? Uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm. It might be fifty-fifty on that. Really? Come on. It might be. Fi- well, which way do you turn it to unscrew it? 
because therein lies like oh boy and and those Just, he, i'm not sure he would know enough not to change it while it's been on because then it gets hot so chris uh, make sure you send this to dave I, um, yeah. I lo- no, no. <laughs> oh, I just got I just got uh, a note. Uh, would Mallard be okay driving tonight? <laughs> uh oh. I knew that was going to happen. I love it. Uh, I should drive. Anyway, yeah, he, I, I love him. And we were so Shane and I have been making fun of him for the last two days because we had to uh, change the uh, change the handle. Hey, uh, good news uh, and a great segue uh, from from that is uh, Jack Eichel has uh, has gone through the uh, surgical process. And uh, the Golden Knights putting out a release today, and I should read this to you. Jack Eichel underwent disc replacement surgery today that his doctor described as successful and without complications. He is expected to make a full recovery. We will provide additional updates on the anticipated timing of his return to the ice when appropriate. Big round of applause. So how, how much do you think Jack Eichel has this? Just exhale today, like. Probably he he never had any type of surgery before, so I'm sure there was some anxiety just doing that, right? We talked about stitches and and your heart gets yeah. going just when you get wet stitches, but you go into surgery, and I've never had any kinds of surgery. Uh, it, it'd be mm. uh, I'm sure uh, uh, anxiety driven, but but now he's like he's gone through the process of having the procedure that he wanted to have, and from this moment. It's all about getting back on the ice. Uh, the other part is all in the past, and I, I just I, I would think that he would be on cloud nine right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's there's a certain um, level of of anxiety that that surrounds having to go in for a surgery and, and understanding, uh, especially a surgery on your neck, one as as you know as as just life altering as, as that could be. And, you know, I, I think for, for Jack, it's, it's, as you mentioned, kind of now it's, now it's behind him. Now that part is, is done. It's over with. And the focus becomes, how do you get yourself back? How do you maximize this time to make sure that you recover as fully and completely as you can? Um, and, and now you don't have to worry about it, right? Like now you don't have to worry about, uh, being in pain every single day as you await to, to, to figure out if you can have this surgery or not. Surgery's done. It's in the past. Now you get to focus on what, what comes next in the future. So today is November 12th. Let's do it uh, by, by weeks. All right? So we're talking uh, 12 weeks is, is what Jack described as uh, the recovery time period uh, to be ready for contact. Twelve weeks okay. from right now puts you at at what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve is February fourth. <laughs> February fourth. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. The last game before the Olympic break is February second against the Buffalo Sabers. There's drama. That's that's the, the 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 date that I'm sure he's circled, that he would love mm-hmm. to be back for and play a game before the break. Uh, I don't know whether that's the date that the team and the doctors will circle, because if you don't play there, then you've got four extra weeks to heal, or three and a half extra weeks to heal, which 
I think is significant. Um, if you want to take the the uber cautious route, then you wait and come back after the uh, Olympic break. Aggressive, you want to come back and play that game against Buffalo. And is there an outside shot that you could play in the Olympics? Well, if you're playing on February 2nd, then then maybe you you do. I am going to be shocked, just blown away, if he plays in the Olympics, even if he plays on the 2nd. Mm-hmm. I just don't see that happening at all, uh, based on uh, everything that's gone into making this deal happen and then the surgery and, like, why just... <sighs> I understand the Olympics. If you could ever play in the Olympics, I would uh, walk on hot coals to do it. Uh, so many people would in the hockey world. But this is this just is such a unique uh, situation with Jack Eichel. Uh, I think that there's an outside shot he could play in the second uh, against Buffalo. I would think that it would be after the Olympic break. But isn't that uh, interesting that the timing of the surgery... Mm-hmm. 12 weeks out puts it two days after that Buffalo game. Huge I mean, I'm, I'm all drama. for chaos. Everyone knows Everyone knows I, I root for chaos. Um, that's not so much chaotic. Uh, it's just really juicy and fun. Yeah. So um, if, if it's possible and it, it is a healthy Jack Eichel who's 100% ready to go and he's able to play against Buffalo, Let's go. I, I I would love to see that happen. It would be fantastic. Is that game at T-Mobile, too? Uh, I'll have to look. Give me a minute. Mm, because, because that would add uh, a little, I mean, going back to Buffalo would be... Uh, would be drama filled. No, it's at yeah, it is so, at T-Mobile. Yeah, last game of it's, the of the uh, season before the break is is in Vegas. Now there is. It is the first of February. It's February first, so oh, it's February one 1st. day before the the second, obviously. Uh, but it is at T-Mobile Arena, and it would be quite the accomplishment if Jack Eichel was able to play against the Buffalo Sabers in his first game with the Golden Knights. That would just be too good. So when when Mario came back uh, out of retirement. <sighs> trying to think of when that would have been in the uh 2000s early 2000s oh i was at sports night at the time and we we had a a totally separate channel like a one night only separate channel a separate feed uh but it wasn't streamed at the time obviously because we just didn't do that then uh, and it was the mario channel the mario cam it was uh if you want you could the it was against the Maple Leafs. Uh, you could watch the Maple Leafs and the Penguins on one channel with the regular feed, or you could watch this other feed where it was just a camera on Mario. If 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 he comes back for that Buffalo game, I think we should just have we should have the Jack Eichel channel and just see what what he is. Not, there, there's not going to be any nastiness, but I, I I think like Mario did that night. Where he just put on a show, like I think he scored in the second minute uh, into the game on Curtis Joseph. Uh, it was early, and I, I think something like that could could happen on on that particular night. So if if it happens, I, I'm going to I'm going to promote that. I'm all for isolated cameras on certain players. So you ever you ever me. wonder how many times like they seem to get fortunate a lot of the time mm-hmm. when yeah they've got the the camera isolated on somebody. How many? 
how many times do you isolate where that that camera operator is going? This is the worst night this player's ever had. Why am I following <laughs> this person around? Well, I, I mean, like, probably often, but <laughs> if you just maintain that you're only going to use it for, say, I don't know, Connor McDavid, right. then it'd be fine. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't even, like, Connor could have the worst game of his life, and he'd still do three or four things within a game that are just amazing to cover on one camera uh, if, you, if you only focus on him. So that's, that's the safe play. Uh, just introduce, Connor Cam, that's what it is. Did you happen to pay attention to uh, last night's? Uh, I know that you were working last night, but the the Edmonton Oilers played the the Boston Bruins. Edmonton ends up winning. Connor McDavid had an assist in that in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he could have had five goals. He had a couple of breakaways, a couple of chances. It was ridiculous, and he comes out of it with with one assist. Drysaitel was fantastic. Uh, was gifted one goal. But I, I, for for a guy that just had one assist in a what would be a home hump game, you, you watch the game back, and it was he was all over the place. Linus Allmark was wonderful in that, and still lost the game. Yeah, I mean, if if only um, Connor McDavid was able to convert like uh, you know the the favorite to win the Art Ross. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, so. Ah, uh, you're trying to stir the pot. Uh, when we continue, uh, the yeah. plays of the day uh, will uh, center on the Vegas Golden Knights. The plays of the day, a little hint there on what's coming up. Uh, plus, we'll give you our ratings on last night's uh, big win over the Minnesota Wild and one-timers in the National Hockey League, a suspension, and a really neat story that I think is just going to make your heart swell up with, uh, with a lot of, uh, of positive feelings uh, of perseverance. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Yeah. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket Welcome back. You guys have no idea that Same old place that you laughed about. Well, great, uh, great shows. That was, uh, do you guys ever watch the reruns of this? Yeah, yeah. Vinny yeah. Barbarino. Yeah. Often. John well, Travolta was on that show. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't watch reruns of the show, but it was a good show at the time. I watched it the first time it went around. Well, some of but us when, aren't aren't that old, yeah, Darren. I'm not going to watch reruns of it. Well, but, yeah, uh, but good, good on you. Uh, welcome back, the Cotter. Were the first time. Paul yeah. Cotter scores his first National Hockey League goal last night in Game Number Two, and then Jonas Rombjerk in Game Seven of his National Hockey League career follows up with his first goal, and they did it in back-to-back style, called by Dan Duva. Shoots! He scores! Big pop of the fist! Paul Cotter! First NHL goal in his second NHL game! The lefty rips it home from the right circle! Chance right side in front for Ron Bjerg, who scores! First NHL goal for Jonas Rombjörg. He's got a two-point game. Uh, they were going to run out of pucks after a while uh, <laughs> last night uh, with, uh, with the guys scoring. Rombjörg was awesome in his post-game press conference. Well, so was Paul. Uh, but uh, Rombjörg talking about where, where you, where's the puck going to go? Eh, my room. My bedroom. My bedroom yeah. back home. 
It's just so matter of fact. Uh, yes, the Dane and uh, and the the kid from Detroit in Paul Cotter scoring their first National Hockey League goals. We're going to take a break. When we come back, hour number two of the BGK Insider Show, we have news on Paul Cotter uh, breaking right now. We'll fill you in on that on the other side on Fox Sports Las Vegas.